What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Middle Hey, me! Hey! I lied to you yesterday on the podcast. Well, I didn't lie. I just hadn't gotten sore yet. And then I hit the gym last night, my right knee, both hammies, which was unexpected, my right shoulder, feeling it all, John. Feel it, it all after Monday golf. Really is impressive how much golf those guys play on the tour. Yeah, and they walk. We did not walk. I didn't, the, at least. The, the, they walk. Uh, it was cart path yeah. only, so we did a little walking. Yeah, it was cart path only. But those guys don't car path. I don't even know if car pass exists because their fans are on it when they play in tournaments. So it's just they walk and yeah. they swing a lot. Yeah, maybe you just ingrain yourself. It's like, what do you think? Like a football, like a quarterback. You're just used to throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, I, I, if I went out and threw, if I went out and played long toss right now, ten tosses, my arm would be sore. Right. You know what's funny is I was watching. Uh, have you ever watched? Probably a couple weeks ago, sometimes I'll just be flipping channels, and I'll see Faraday, and I'll just be like, I wonder who he has on. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled upon the Bryson one. Yeah, I saw that one the other day. And I was like, this is going to be pretty good. And it actually was. You like, you come away, you kind of want to not like him, but then you kind of like him, and then you appreciate his different. But the one thing he said is that he doesn't play for fun. Like, he's like, I don't play at all. People tell you around me, like, I, I just practice. So I, I do kind of appreciate like he's a grinder clearly yeah like he's not just there to fuck around where i do think a lot of the guys like uh they live in like jupiter you know the jordan Spees, the rickies all those guys like they play a lot just because they're all together so you can play together i think bryson just works in a weird way i mean he's a weird he's a weird cat he's got well, how think sweet about it too, how when sweet he plays his pad look with the with the fireplace it, it looks was, pretty cool yeah it looked cool <laughs> also you think about like when he plays it's so labor intensive like playing for him is also a lot of math like, it's a lot of science. Like, there's just a lot going on, right? Like, he doesn't strike me as a guy who just, like you said, it's not casual. Like, if he's going to go play, he's going to need to know what the break in the green is. He's not just go out there blind putting like Aberman, like hoping to get somewhere near the hole. Nice lag! Just on luck. Like, yeah, you're right. It is very labor intensive. It's, it's, like, it's like the Sam Hinkie at golf. You know, you don't, just, you don't just show up with a basketball. You have to show up with your computer. 
You know, because there are a lot of teams, I think, in the NBA, you'd probably, I wonder, if, do college basketball teams do this? Chart warm-ups? Have you ever seen that when you've been calling games? Guys charting warm-ups? I have not seen, like, shots made in warm-ups. You're but saying? I know that, like, yeah, the Daryl Morris and those guys chart warm-ups. Shots made in warm-ups, you're saying? Made, missed, locations. Right. Now, I think for some guys, it's probably different, right, if you're a backup backup. Like, you do not play in games. That does matter. Like, that sessions, you want to see how you're improving. I get that. Mm-hmm. It's not really that crazy at all, right? If you're the 12th man, you go through a legit warm-up that's, like, your version of practice. Like, that makes sense. But if you – I think the Morris and the Hinkies would chart the equivalent of, like, Steph, Kevin, Embiid, you're right? They – they're charting everyone. Yeah. Now, I don't even know if you're Steph. Uh, hell, would it shock you if the Warriors did that? It's not really even that crazy the more you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, part of it you is pra- like. Practice with a purpose. Guy. Practice with a purpose. I mean, I, I, you know, there are teams that will, you count pitches in the bullpen because those that's part of your pitch count. Like, why isn't that part of your pitch count, right? If you took 20 pitches in the bullpen or. What about, what about warm-up pitches between innings? You count those? Yeah. I mean, you could, like some people do. I don't know if it's a common thing, but yeah, it's definitely a discussion. You don't, you know, you, John, as you know, you get down there in the bullpen, you get up, you get down, you get up, you get down, you get dry humped, you do as get they dry call humped. it. Uh, one of your favorite phrases I know we've talked about. Uh, by the way, thanks to a few people who have tweeted at me, the word we were looking for the other day when talking about the Favre Rogers, have you seen this now? It was schism. 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 There was a schism in the locker room. Uh, it's a Wednesday. You're like, didn't you guys just do a podcast yesterday? Yep. Didn't you guys just do a podcast on Sunday? Yep. We may both be wearing hoodies in reality, but the truth is blue collars on again today, John, uh, because the Warriors have a big game tonight, Game 5. So this will be our Warrior Game 5 podcast. And it's brought to you by Sherry's Berries. Mother's Day is Sunday. Sunday uh, is Mother's Day. There, why isn't there a Sunday on the uh, calendar every year? That is a question. Like, why isn't there just a Sun's Day? Yeah. Uh, every, day, every day is Sun's Day. We're not, we're not really worth it. When I go home. Um, Mother's Day's coming up. So whoever your mom's is, grandma's, sisters, sister-in-laws, godmothers, wife, anybody, Sherry's Berries is such a great way. Especially because it's like, hey, guys, it's Wednesday. You haven't done anything yet. Sherry's Berries is the answer. Well, it's so easy, guy, because you order these berries – they have milk chocolate, white chocolate, and dark chocolate all involved. The milk chocolate comes with the chocolate chips, the white chocolate. You got the sh- you got the, sh- the swizzles. Uh, you have the sprinkles. You got it all. And they melt in your mouth. They show up. They come in the cool box. I've never met anyone. Now, granted, I've only had them sent to one person, and I know that you guys have got them. They don't get the box. And we're like, whoa, that's cool. It really just kind of makes their day just seeing the box even before they eat the berries, and then they open it up. You will get a lot of credit for Mother's Day. And you will also be supporting, you know, the people's favorite podcast, Hey Room and Middle Cup. You just go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S. You go in the top right-hand corner, that little microphone. You click on it. You order your berries. Boom, promo code HAM. Easy to do, guy. Easy to do. It's very simple. John just told you, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Microphone, double the berries for just $10 more. Make mom really happy. Chocolate dip strawberries, John's favorite, the uh, 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 pink shimmer sugar. Oof. Actually, your favorite, Oof. the swizzles. Uh, I like but them all, Both good, yep. Berries.com, microphone, ham. And brought to you by Hair Club. Whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your own hair or learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement 
or restoration, hair clubs, professionally trained stylists, hair health experts, and consultants will help you craft a personalized solution so you can feel your best and get the most out of your hair. Guy, I, you know, you either want to be Middlecoff or you want to be Haberman, and we all know that no one chooses to be Middlecoff. As you well, like to gra- say, you, this life chose you. Yeah, I, I did not choose this life. <laughs> but it's pretty simple here, guy. You go to hairclub.com slash ham. That's what we need to do, hairclub.com slash ham. And you get a free consultation because there, there's some people need, like me, I would need rejuvenation. I'd need a little, take some hair out of the back of my head, plop it on the it's top. It's a rejuvenation sensation. <laughs> some people, some people though, guy, like Middlecoff 2011 would not have needed that. I would just needed a way to maintain. And that's the great part about hairclub.com slash ham. You just go there, you get a free consultation. And then if you are interested after your free consultation with the specialist, they'll give you the advice. You might, like everyone needs something a little different. Uh, and there is something for everyone. Trust me, I, I've been there. I know people feel that insecurity. I swear to God, I felt it for, I, I remember getting uh, in about midway through Fresno State, people started to notice I was holding on. Mm-hmm. That was 08, mm-hmm. all the way up until 2011. I had a three-year period. I actually was a little earlier than that guy. I vividly remember at Cal Poly, probably around 05, 06, just peeking down at my desk. Now, granted, I had a lot of thick hair then, but just seeing some strands yeah. and going, looking at my family genetics, going, I know where this is headed. <laughs> and Her- I'm... I'm there now. Hairclub.com slash ham for the free hair health and scalp analysis to new customers plus $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service after your initial consultation. Hairclub.com slash ham. Sign up there for the free hair health and scalp analysis. Hairclub.com slash ham. I I will actually, I remember where I was at the uh, Jackson Park Place Apartments. When I got the text messages from Middlecoff, who had since moved to Philadelphia, I think it was a group text, me and your cousin, Kenny Amendola. It was just a photo of you. My girlfriend at the time, my wife, was there with me. We were hanging out, I don't know, just like on the couch watching TV. And I got a text, and it was a photo of you in the bathroom, like mere selfie, bald. I went, whoa! I wish I still had that picture. I'm also go deep. How, how much was the Jackson Park Place rent? Do you, do you remember? Yeah, it was, uh, well... We had a, a three bedroom because we had AJ with us, and I think that was—I uh, want to say it was like nine thirty-five or something. Total. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it was a thousand. I don't think it was. Gotcha. Um, but I think it was in the nine hundreds. And then we moved. And then AJ left, and you and I went to the two bed, and then you left. And uh, what was Link a one was bed? Came in. I never had a one bedroom. Oh god! It was just went from the three to the two, uh, right? You were in the three bedroom with AJ. Yeah. Then AJ moved uh, in the same complex, and I you think remember that, what you remember what a two bedroom was like seven fifty. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think it was that much. Yeah, I want to say we were paying like I want to say we were each paying like four. So I, I want to say it was like nine. So maybe the three bedroom was like twelve. But I don't think we. I I know that like, I want to say my check was like four hundred bucks or something. I, I'd like be fascinated what you could get a Jackson Park Place uh, condo for right now. Fresno, California. I, I, I'd guess about fifteen hundo. But know if, you know, times know change. I, yeah, let's see. I'm just going on apartments.com. Yeah, I got I, I got ten. 
about eleven hundred to yeah about a, wow one bed one bath is over a thousand prices have skyrocketed because a two bedroom is well see a two bed see the prices aren't that different you're better off just getting a two bedroom by yourself that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh, so we're just doing a warrior this is just a you know if you didn't hear the podcast we did Tuesday we talked about other stuff besides the Warriors and it's still relevant today because we talked about Bosa and Richard Sherman. And Richie Incognito and the Clay Thompson thing. I, I don't know if you saw, there was the story uh, from ESPN.com that Steve Kerr, somebody asked Steve about Clay Thompson. And he said, I know everybody, everybody wants Clay back. The feeling is just Clay wants to be here and we want Clay. So, I saw Buker was talking about it today with, with Coward. And oh. he's like, the one thing I don't think people, he thought it was just a little agent tactic by Clay's just, listen. It's pretty obvious our guy loves it here. He doesn't want to do like if he went if he went to the Clippers or Lakers, let's say, let's just use those two as examples. He'd obviously more than likely be second he would be second fiddle to LeBron. He would be probably second fiddle if Kawhi went there. But as Buker said, he doesn't want to talk to the media a lot. Like he doesn't want to be put on a pedestal. He likes to just kind of fly low, be asked to do a lot on the court, he's cool with. He'll do whatever you ask him to do, but he doesn't want to be bothered all the time. And he really values that. He also, and Buker had a good point, like him, Steph, and Draymond take great pride in being here before it was ever shit. Like wearing, being a warrior from when no one cared about him. Like they do, and they clear, like those three guys, it means something different to them. And I'd even throw Iguodala, because remember when Iguodala showed up, they had just, they had made the playoffs, but they were not this. He kind of like, bought them as a stock right right remember he's like i want to come there now granted could you could you nitpick that a little bit like his other option was the kings but he did take less to come here so i, I give him credit on the, that the one. kings will be an option for him when he's 50 <laughs> yeah so i the kings are all like the kings are always there for andre but the one thing buker said is just th- there is no like this is not and this is where i got to yesterday th- there's not an opening offer of 160 and then here are all these contingency plans like yeah, it just, don't here's don't the take max. advantage of it it's the full max that's it um what's the line on the game that i six six warriors six. by six warriors by six game five i will say i don't know you like you know, the over under 220 it feels like you're gonna be a lot of points yeah i i um like obviously james has a lot left in the tank steph and clay and draymond i mean they, they've all got something left in the tank I think sometimes you look back and go, man, it, remember how good it used to be? Like, we had Warriors-Cavs, and that was awesome. And we had Warriors-Thunder, and that was cool. We never really got Warriors-Spurs, right? Warriors-Thunder Warriors, Warriors Thunder was sweet. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, a specific series. I mean, just, like, a stretch where it was, like, that game oh, yeah, yeah. on the calendar every year. And Warrior, But Warriors-Thunder was that. It had an awesome series. But it was just, like, when you saw that game on the calendar, it was, like, yes. Like, cannot wait. Warriors-Cavs was that way. Um, that's obviously long gone. Warriors Spurs never really quite, it just never felt like it lined up with the Spurs, even though it felt, you know, it should have, but it didn't, right? Um, Warriors Clippers for a minute, that was the first one that was really cool. It was Warriors Clippers. The next one is like, Warriors Kings is unique in that it is always kind of fun, even though the Kings, it doesn't have a lot on the line, but those games, it's got, it had a little potential this year. It had a little potential. But this has been the one that you would say consistently. They've just put the Warriors on the ropes, like at the Warriors' peak, right? The Rockets last year and the Rockets right now. Like this is – I still think the Warriors win the series. I'm pretty confident in it. But the fact is, game five tonight, it's 2-2. They lose. It's 
They're down 3-2. I think and they can back, lose. When you look back at the LeBron run, those teams were never the equal. Like the team that he came back from 3-1, what yeah. was so amazing is they weren't the equal. All they right. were a legitimate underdog, and he fucking willed them with his little sidekick, Kyrie. Who those two, those two were the equal. The rest of the guys were not. To me, the two equals have been that one seven-game series with OKC. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you could argue in a vacuum that team was as good or not better, right? They had Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook was the clear two, like probably his ideal role. Serge, I don't know if you're, you, you just peek up at the fucking Toronto series. He is an unreal role player. They had Roberson, who was a real – like that team was really good. And to me, this team with the Rockets are an equal – I mean, maybe not quite an equal, but damn close. You could argue that OKC team might have been better than this Rockets team. But James is probably a little more comfortable just in exactly what he's asked to do than even Kevin was, what, three years ago? I, I've said it over and over, guy. I, 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 I don't know what you think about this. The success the first two years is couldn't have gotten any better, right? I mean, they won two championships, and he got two finals MVPs. Losing in the second round his third year, which also feels like the last year, I wouldn't call the entire run a failure because it wouldn't have been. They would have won three, two out of three, which is impressive any era. This year, though, is a 100% failure. This year in a vacuum. Not the run, but this year is a failure if they do not find a way to win this series. It's just that simple. Like The only outcome they can have on this season is a ring. Anything less, obviously they got to win this series to get the ring, but it's it'd be this. My take is the same. The next series and obviously the finals, you got to win the ring. Like this, it was a zero sum game once he decided to come here. It was it was one hundred or zero, yeah. and so far, two for two. And, and I think, and I wholeheartedly agree. And I think part of that, at least for me, is and maybe there are people like some people in Houston might disagree with this. I think the Warriors are without question, the best team in the NBA. And if they were to lose this series, I would still think they're the best team in the NBA. But me thinking you're the best team in the NBA, you don't get to waste your banner for a guy Haberman thinks you're the best team in the NBA. It doesn't matter. This isn't, like, that's what's beautiful. Like, you, sometimes you lose, and you don't get to say you're the best team in the NBA because you didn't win the championship. But I think that's part of the deal, is I am so convinced this is the best team in the league that that's, that's part of why I feel like it would be such a big failure and why I agree with you if they were to lose the series. Well, it, it's why any of the years, once you they agree start with that, well, I, I, here's my, here's my example. They are Shaq Kobe. Once you've proven you're the champion and you are like, clearly when you two are on, you're unbeatable. Anytime you don't win with the two of them, it was a failure, right? When they lost to Detroit and kind of got their ass kicked, it was a disaster. Now it turns out there was more behind the scenes and you could say like Shaq and Kobe, you play them 10 times and they're on decent terms. They're beating that Detroit team. But it doesn't matter. Like, as we got, like, Detroit's a champion. So if the Rockets win this game, to me, that you're not having the conversation. Like, they were the best. Like, they got beat. Well, yeah. You know? And you know what, too, Middlecoff is like, it's it was it's awesome in the moment when the Warriors. Because it's not like football, right? It's a series, and especially a seven-game series, where I think we acknowledge, right, in football, most times the best team wins. But it is just one fucking game. Like, if your guy's off, your quarterback's off, you're gonna lose a wild card round, you know, right? You're just gonna, you could lose like yeah, in basketball so, over seven games. It should play itself out. So it's awesome in the moment when we when we can sit here and go like, oh, I think they were the best team. They just got beat. But for so long we've been talking about the Warriors' legacy and are they 
as good as the Jordan Bulls, and we've kind of ignored the Shaq Kobe Lakers in that conversation and just vaulted them ahead. But let's say they were to lose. Let's say they don't beat the Rockets today, and they don't win this series. Uh, now, if they were to lose today, they could still win the series. But I'm just saying, let's say this happens, right? They don't win the series. Kevin leaves, and then, I don't know, do they get another one? Maybe. But we look back, and they won three titles. And they did not three-peat. Well, oh, yeah, but the Draymond suspension, that was dumb. They didn't three-peat, right? And we talk about how hard is it to three-peat. If, if we look back, and they didn't three-peat, and they won three total titles, then uh, all three, of a sudden... I, three, three, I'll say this, though. That number three is a lot stronger than two. Like that Heat team has two. No, no doubt. No Three's doubt. But I'm just good. saying, like, I think, haven't we put them ahead of Kobe Shaq Lakers that three-peated? I think people talk about them generally like they're should, like they going to be that, like ahead of them, big picture. I, I think we got to see how this next six days plays out. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, don't you feel like we kind of placed them? Like, oh, they're going to be ahead of them, and then it's neck and neck with the Jordan Bulls. But what I if they don't three yeah, to me they got to me to put like I'd put them neck and neck with Shaq Kobe. If they win this, they vault through. If they were to lose this series, guy, I'd I don't know if I'd just put them above them. No, I, no, I agree. Alone. I'm just saying I think we've projected with them so much. Yeah, because we assume they're gonna win this right. year. Right. Well, just, but I just mean like we just look at them two years ago. Like ah, oh, they're gonna win four. Could they win four out of five? You know, like we've just had those conversations. Like, wait a second. Like in 2016, they still got to win the championship. They still do have to win it. I, I know and this. shit I'm happens like... and guys get hurt and just random stuff happens. And sometimes guys don't get hurt and you get beat, whatever. Three-peating is hard. Like to me, there is something in a three-peat. Because when you're just walking around town, you know, and Haberman is just firing down Union Street. And, you know, you see a you see a young listener in our demo, you know, mm-hmm. probably right in that sweet spot of 28 to 35. So that's where I get caught in crosswalks, John. It's happened several and, times. And he swings at you with a good warrior's take. Do you notice that whether it's your own take or that guy's take, it is no longer as cocky as it was 18 months ago? Remember 18 months ago? I was like, God damn, this shit is easy, Hammerin. Now it's like, guy, what do you think, man? What's, well, what's going on? Yeah, it's think a, about it. It's a little <laughs> just like <laughs> – the, it's, it's, where did the where like, did the where did the conversation know. about the Jordan Bulls go? How come we're not having that conversation every day like we used to be? Because Michael's sitting there with a cigar and a double, thinking like, "Ain't no way I'd go out like a chump like this, fellas." Well, remember when? How long? Like it was it? That it's a little bit ago. It's a while ago, right? Like, th- like you think about it. This is now three years ago that London Papa called a video game with Gary St. Jean from a from a, a conference room. You remember that? It was the 96 Bulls against the 2016 Warriors. <laughs> and they had beer, and they called the freaking game. Like, who, Whose idea was that guy? Probably Derek Papa's. So uh, I actually think it was a good idea. Uh, I like that idea. I mean, think about it, because there was no, like, content. What are you talking about? Like, oh, we're amazing. We're, we're winning every night. Like, you had to create okay. content, John. You forget. You forget. Okay, I, w- I want to rattle through a couple teams. <laughs> okay. And just put this in perspective. The best version of this Warriors run, because it's no longer that. It'd probably be somewhere between year one and two, right? It, I wouldn't say it's year one because they're just more comfortable year two, like mm-hmm. in peak year two when they're mm-hmm. all on the court. Yeah. Let's just start in the 90s. Would you take peak Jordan's Bulls or that team in a seven-game series? So the team that lost to LeBron? No. I'm going, I'm going last year's team, basically, like in the peak of their powers. 
Uh, so when they're used to playing each with each other, right. Iguodala, Draymond, Kevin, can I? Steph, I do play. have. To, I think it'd be a game. I do have to just because we used to talk about this all the time. I do have to say, like, I do think the game is just so it's tough, right? Because it's different. But like, what are you playing hand jacking? Or is Jordan allowed to get into? Yeah, him? like, do we give Jordan five years to become a good three point shooter or no? No, um, I mean it's just, and and I'm going. Here's the difference too. I, I think the Jordan teams that would give these guys more trouble would probably be like 91, 92 when Jordan and yeah, Scotty were like were the, late. What yes. about when they were in like their late twenties? You admit those were the teams to me. To me, like the night that was the yeah, like the ninety three team that beat the Suns. Because Scotty would go, Mike, I got Kevin. You got Steph. Like I'm sorry, Steph. You ain't getting away from twenty three. Like his Steph's fucked. It would have to be on Clay and Draymond to do some shit. I think Kevin could do some stuff against Scotty, but listen, even the biggest Steph lover, peak athletic form Michael, who's like a 10-time all-defense guy, Steph ain't doing dick. Do we admit that? Do we all acknowledge that? When, when I say that, it's going to be very, very difficult for him. He's arguably the greatest yeah, player. Yeah, but, but, but I do think it's also like Steph is argu- Steph's one of the greatest players of all time, too. So I don't think, it, yeah, but my, I don't my, think it'd be lopsided. Mike for Steph? Well, I just mean like I I think you'd find ways that this is not Steph playing Michael one on one every night. Like I, you know, I yeah, Michael's an elite all time defender. He's the greatest player ever. But I think it, I think I think Steph would be in major trouble. Well, but but again, John, part the, these team the way this team plays is not Michael Steph one on one. So I don't think it would be just some ass kicking annihilation. But well, I no, just, but I'm just saying Mike is just following him wherever he goes. Yeah, but that happens now. Three guys follow Steph everywhere, and they yeah, but it, they but it's him. not but it's not three guys. It's Michael Jordan, right? But my point is like I think they I, I don't think that ends the discussion. Is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, let's go. There. Do you think Steph could average twenty? Again, this is the ultimate hypotheticals because Michael Jordan is now fifty five years old. Michael Jordan at twenty eight years old on that or twenty nine or thirty whatever on those mid early nineties teams, he could average twenty against him in a series. Where Mike is checking playing in the, defense the way they're allowed to play defense then probably not. Yes. but do you need him to? Even if they couldn't, he just had to shadow him. I think it would be very difficult. Yeah, so do I. But I'm saying, and that, and that is not a criticism, Steph. That is more. Uh, no, but th- but this is yeah. I mean, look. Okay, okay. So I I would take Jordan's Bulls against them. Shaq, Kobe, Lakers against the peak Warriors. Uh, I would take the Warriors because, and the reason I would take the Warriors is that I think they're better than the Kings were then. And to me, the Kings, even though they didn't win, were right there with those Lakers. I agree. I would say though, the and one those Kings they- were. Really good, but the, they just didn't have a dynamic like one A scorer. Warriors are much more dynamic shooting the ball. I would say the difference though that Sack had that the Warriors will not is they had multiple big bodies to throw at Shaq. Right. And the Warriors. But don't you think they would build like yeah, this is where it gets weird? Like no, no. They, I'm just saying that I, we're just talking about yeah. the team on paper that like, and I'm talking not this year's team. Last year, Boogie and Bogut are not around. Shaq, you could, you know, argue would average 40, right? He would annihilate them. Now, they would struggle to cover him. Okay, I'm with you. It's probably the next best team would be that Kobe, Powell, Bynum, Lamar. Those teams are pretty good. Yeah, no. You take like I mean, they are good, but to me, that one's easy. I would take the the Warriors. They they have a huge advantage size-wise, though. Yeah, I, I, like... 
Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. I, I think I think it would be closer. I think those teams are pretty good. And then probably the next group of teams would be that Heat, peak Heat. We're just ne- the think- Spurs just continue to get no love. <laughs> How about Hakeem yeah. and the Rockets? I skipped them. No Spurs. No Spurs. Like to me, the one that I'd love is like the prime Spurs, right? Like mid two thousands. Like when Tim was still elite, but Manu and Tony were getting good. Yeah. Like that would have been a tough team to play. But to me, the Warriors, you have to match up poorly against the Warriors, or I mean well against the Warriors, you have to have Jordan and Scotty. That's why I think LeBron and Wade and Bosch, like those type players, like versatile guys. I don't think just one big, you know, like Manu, that I I, I think the Warriors match up pretty well against You don't think that. Manu could play in that series? No, I do. I'm just saying that, like, that guy... Yeah, I'm not saying they would beat him. I just think that, like, I would love to see that, like, those those guys playing each other, trying to do the same stuff. Like, to me, the teams that I would be like, yeah, that team could beat him, would be definitely Jordan's Bulls, the yep. young Jordan Bulls, yep. and then, like, the peak Miami Heat, just because they got Wade and LeBron. Right. And, right. and Chris Bosch. And Bosch, a unique guy. Well, Bosch would, and like, Bosch could play, like, his Bosch could, he was the five that could, stri- like, he could play out of the three-point line, right? And we've seen LeBron against the Warriors. Like, like imagine going small, air quotes, with Bosh. LeBron can fucking dominate against the Warriors. We've seen that. Wade was unreal early on. And Bosh is And could defend. Now it's two defend, perimeter defenders. Yeah, to me, that's what you need. You need two perimeter defenders and then a versatile big. Unless your big is... That is the one thing. Like, could a peak Duncan or peak Shaq, they would destroy the Warriors. <laughs> You know, they just don't have, like, you can't, what's Looney going to do against Shaq? Right. Or or Tim. Maybe I didn't give the, yeah, no, I gave it up. I, I think they're right there. Like, like would the Warriors win the West every year if it was the Kobe-Shaq Lakers? No. They probably, maybe they'd alternate years. Maybe the Lakers would, the Lakers just were so outside of the West, just unchallenged. The, the one thing I think you're discounting a little bit with the 9 and 10 Laker team is the coach, like, they had Phil Jackson, who, before he went loony, was still Phil Jackson. Like, he was a really good coach. And those teams were, Lamar was really unique. Powell was really good once he kind of got over the hump against the Celtics team. And Bynum was just, again, not anywhere near Duncan or Shaq. But he was, before he got traded for Iguodala, and remember, his, like, his body just disappeared. And then he, I remember he got... He, did, he played, like, two games all season for the Sixers, and he got caught at, like, Chickies and Peach or something, and the fans freaked out. Like, motherfucker hadn't even been showing up, and it was a bad deal. But Bynum was pretty good. You know, those first couple years before his body took a shit on him. Yeah. I think that'd be a little close. Because at the end of the day here, and I'm not trying to be a dick about this, and I think sometimes when I come up, I was texting some people last night. I don't, just because I don't know. I'm not, he's not bad. But is it fair to say that Steve Kerr, of the four coaches left in the West, if me and you had a Bass NBA team, and all the teams in the NBA of the 30 teams were equal, like I would, re- I think Mike D'Antoni is a better coach than Steve. I just know he can do more with less. I, and maybe Steve can too. I don't know. We won't know for a couple years probably. Terry Stotts, I'd rather have Terry than Steve. Mike Malone, I think you could argue. Like, yeah, see, I don't like the, like I, I like this is it's Steve's situation is so unique to there. Well, I know. Obviously, the advantages he has the players. But the disadvantage is I, I think it's just it's it's like I I think there's just a lot to manage there that goes beyond the X's and O's. One hundred percent. So I, I yeah and so if I if Guy Haberman had a team all full equals like both teams were equal 
and you had the first pick in the coach draft, like, would you rather have Dan Tony or Steve? I don't think you go wrong. Like, to me, I think you'd be okay if you took Steve. Either well, way. Well, that's why I'm not, I'm not discounting Steve. But I just think not, it gets a I little, think I think up. it gets a little carried away on Twitter. Like, Steve is, like, does it, like everyone on Twitter knows basketball better than Steve Kerr, and that that's, it's just that's a hot button issue. No, I know you're not. It's just a hot button issue for me because it drives me nuts a little bit. Because what he's asked to do is clearly fucking really hard. Well, yeah, I just think. Could Mike part Malone of his do it? You know, probably not. Well, yeah, exact part of his job, and this is part of every coach's job, is. But but especially his is unseen by the tape. That's all I'm saying. Well, that would be and the, again back to what I was saying about Steve. And when your team's talented, we overlook that. We're like, well, you're lucky to have good players. Well, yeah, and everybody would take the roster. Don't get me wrong. One hundred percent. And we just don't know. And it, we're probably going to find out here very soon. At least closer to find out. Like, if Steve Kerr was the coach of the Nuggets, would the Nuggets be a game away from the Western Conference Finals? And I think that's what people. The question if Steve is like a top five coach would be. And you I just we just don't know. Would you agree with that? I would agree that we don't know, yeah. Yeah. But I think the baseline like if Steve had taken the next job. But that just might be a bad be match. Right? Yeah. Like to me, a, that, that's even a throwaway. I, but I'm I just saying but my just, point but my point is just like Um the different people have different strengths. And so like giving Phil Jackson a shitty roster might not have worked like a, a roster of guys that I'm not calling Steve Phil, but I'm just saying like guys, they didn't want to read his book. Well, guys I'll, I'll who weren't you, about to win a championship. I'll give you a good example. Like Brett Brown, if they lose it's, he's going to get fired. Now I don't know exactly who they're going to replace him with, but if, if you told me that if Steve Kerr was available and Steve Kerr and Ron Adams, cause you have to bring Ron with Steve, they go to Philly. I'll bet my ass that Philly is five times better. Be, He's yeah. well coached, Steve and Ron Ave. You agree there? They just totally be more agree. buttoned up shit because he could manage. He'd have no problem telling Joel to, you know, relax or telling Ben, bro, this is what exactly what you need to work on. Like he, to me, Steve and Jimmy Butler would get along, right? Like he can just, and that is, this gets back to Phil and probably Joe Torre. You could argue at the highest levels, is that the most important? Like, not everyone could handle Tom or Peyton Manning. Yeah, I would just say if you any coach that's won a championship, that's part of their challenge, right? Like, ev- like the idea that we kill a co- like, ah, oh, well, he always had great players. It's like, well, yeah, find me the championship team that didn't have great players. So every coach with rings has coached great players. Uh, every Fresno State, Ma- 2018 Mountain West champions? Yeah, well, they had a, cute, a couple early enrollees, didn't they? I think uh, uh, from my sources, I'm talking about basketball. Oh. Both went undrafted. Oh, yeah, I was one, talking about football. Yeah, I'm talking about football, too. Did I say basketball? Yeah, but, okay, football. Both went undrafted, huh? Football. Can they go back? Both went undrafted. One is legitimately still unsigned to this day. Did not even get a rookie tryout. That, how, see, how does that happen? How does that happen? I don't know. Like, who, who how the, does that happen? You think the maybe you thought the AF would still be around, but no, I think they. I don't know. You talk about getting bad advice. That's awful. Well, they, well, those two guys were one of the two of like forty guys that go undrafted. I, I really believe, not to get off on a tangent here. Well, well, yeah, we can wrap it up. <laughs> that the NFL. What do you think about this idea? Hmm. Uh, I Somehow think I know what you're going to say. You're able to do like after the combine. Maybe a week after, in that time, like a, a, a GM, maybe you can pull a couple GMs of all the underclassmen. Like, yeah, this guy is probably not going to sniff till the sixth round. 
and then he can go back to school. He doesn't have to quote unquote officially enroll like right now that date in like the middle of January. Why don't we change that date to like March 1st? Yeah, I mean with I don't know high school basketball if you but, if you are invited to the combine but go undrafted, you can go back to school. High school basketball? Sorry, like NBA draft, college basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. So if you, you can... As long go, as you, you haven't signed with an agent, right? Well, there's even a deadline where you can sign with an agent. Not like You can have an agent and then and pull undo, back, undo it. Yeah. Right. But if you go guy, to the I combine... Xavier, I saw a guy at Xavier did it like a couple weeks ago. And again, the combine element means like you don't get to just go undrafted and then come back. If Like if we've been telling you the whole time you're not a pro. But once you get That's, invited to the combine, we're kind of telling you you got a real shot to be a pro. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it, the Fresno State guy, one of them that went undrafted, went to the combine. The problem was That's was crazy. guy at the combine. Not he good. ran a four. He ran a four nine, and he's a safety. To me, then a John Lynch, a Howie Roseman, a Belichick, whoever's on this little panel can go. Listen, man, you one thousand percent just go back to school, right? And then the guy, his life doesn't spiral because yeah. you're like you're going to be a starter on the team instead of. I, I just think that a countless. It could save – it might not save everyone of that group because there's still a human element, a guy might fall, whatever. But don't you think it would save 15 to 20 guys' well, does careers? That, but I would just say, like, does it happen that much that we can't have some appeal process where it's like, could that guy appeal? Like, how often does a guy go early and then not even get signed as an undrafted free agent? Does that happen much? I don't even feel like that happens. That Maybe it happens more than I realize. But Guy, it happened to 38 guys or 40 guys this year. Early draft – guys that left early that went on, unsigned? Oh, unsigned. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying if you leave true. school early yeah. and go unsigned, how many people does that happen to? Like, legitimately, never get a quote unquote cup of coffee. Correct. Like, you never sign. Like, because to me, if that's three guys, then maybe there can be some appeal process where we let you back into school. Now, if it's 15 guys and then it becomes, now you open yeah, it up it, and then more people will do it and that's kind of dangerous. It, but honestly, it might have just been one. It, it, that'd be very, very rare. But. To me, it's just to even – you could cut that number down from the guys that went undrafted that maybe next year are a fourth-round pick. It's just it's just stupid. I, I think that – but that's the type of stuff. The, the NFL is so worried about money and, like, what they can give the players that's fake. Like, oh, you don't have to show up to work on Tuesday. No guaranteed cash. Ha, we win. You know, they're worried about shit like that. They're like, that's the type of stuff that the players' union should be fighting for. And they're just never on the right page. I, the NBA, I, they love calling themselves progressive about a lot of stuff. That is one thing they're fucking good at is that rule. Now, I think the timeline's a little different. But in football, the problem is, guy, once the draft ends, which, spring which ball's rule already happened. But the, the draft thing is a uh, – I think that's an NCAA rule. You're saying for college basketball? Like the thing about being invited to the combine, and all, I think that's an NCAA rule that you can come back to school. I don't think that's an NBA rule. Is so that is that the think, rule you're talking about? So you think the NFL rule that July 15th deadline is an NCAA rule? Uh, I don't know about deadlines. I'm not sure. I'm just saying, like, I think it's an NCAA rule that you can't because, like, coaches don't. Because then you like, well, I used my scholarship. Now two months later, yeah, that's coming back, and that's he's fucking up my APR because he hasn't gone to class in three months. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, the one-and-done rule is an NBA rule, but I think the ability to come back to school if you're not drafted or signed with an agent and then 
detach from that agent, come back to school. Those are NCAA rules in basketball. Got, gotcha. And I would imagine that it is in football too. Like in football, I would imagine, you, yeah. The football rule: you officially sign with an agent, you're just done. Yeah, and I would guess that's. And I, I'm not positive, but I would guess the the main rule that holds that together is an NCAA rule, not an NFL rule. But you know, a lot of times these things go hand in hand too. Like they know what they work up. together. Yeah, they know what the other yeah. one's up to. It's like suddenly the NCAA is like, well, maybe eliminating one and done would be good, and the NBA is like, yeah, maybe eliminating one and done would be good. Like that's it's not by accident. Well, Sa- Saban had gone on the rant of just like. We have to fix this process because I think Deontay Thompson, his his safety that ended up going in the fourth or fifth round, was an underclassman. He's like, we produce first and second rounders. Like, bro, not all of our guys go out every time underclassmen. A lot of them do, but Ruben came back. Like, sir, you can come back. It's okay. Damian Williams, the running back, came back. Do you know where he went? Second or third round to Belichick. Like, it's okay to come back. Not everyone has to go pro. I remember when I was at Fresno State, kind of as Pat Hill's run was the demise of it, it's because once your program gets, and this was a lower level, obviously, than I'm not comparing to Alabama, but all the players think, like, I'm just a pro. I'm just a pro. Right. Like, no, you're not. I know you've seen the stats. Like, the percentage of college football players that make it in the NFL is, like, under 2%, which it feels bigger than that, doesn't it? But it's not. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. I'd love to know, like, I told you I interviewed uh, James Harden's high school coach today who was an assistant at ASU and now is the head coach at Rice and goes to a bunch of the games, and I guess James goes to a lot of their games. But, like, he, I was just, so I was just looking at him today. But, you know, he played two years of college basketball, not one. Like James. James. James might have been a one-and-done guy in 2019. But he played two years, and after the second year was the third overall pick. So I wonder, like, if you were the third overall pick after two years, after one year, would he have been the ninth pick? Would he have been the 15th pick? Was he not a first-rounder? Didn't he average, like, 30 points a second year? I don't think he averaged 30, but he was really – I mean, he was good both years. Gotcha. Um, But he had a couple games, right, in the college where he scored, like, 50. Yeah, I think he had, like, a 37-point game against O.J. Mayo. Something like that, yeah. Um, So he averaged 18 – so he averaged 18 as a freshman, playing 34 minutes a game. So he definitely – I would think I'd somewhat I'd love to go back and look, but you would think like he probably could have been a lottery pick and definitely would have been a first rounder, right? If he had come out after his freshman year. Yeah, eighteen points a game. He was a forty one percent three point shooter his freshman year. How many assists? How many assists? Uh three assists a game. You know, at a time when you well year two. Twenty points, four assists, six rebounds. He took more threes, so the percentage went down, but it was still 36%. Uh, 36 minutes a game. I mean, so he was a stud. He was, a- he, like, he was a stud. Both, <laughs> yeah. He was a stud I, right away. I would imagine he was like the player of the year in the conference, or at least, I guess, that, that, that time the conference had fucking players. Right, that was like the Kevin Love, OJ Mayo, Russell Westbrook kind of period. So of the that was his right? freshman year. Was the, like his freshman year. Love and Russell came out after that year. Well, wasn't Kevin Love the Player of the Year as a freshman? His con- like Kevin Love was unreal in college. Yeah, and he was one and done. And then James was the Player of the Year the next year as a sophomore, and then he came out. Well, because Russ wasn't one and done, was he? No, Russ, Russ was Russ a sophomore. Two years, yeah. Kevin Love's freshman year, but Russell's numbers were like so down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, that's, here we go. We, we, we're going to do 20 minutes on the Warriors. The next thing you know, it's just, we can't help it. We can't help it. 40 minutes later. We got takes. Okay. We got, we got another heavy pod.
Hairclub.com slash hams. Go sign up. Later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.